incredible Tuesday to you and yours. Breaking news today that we will get to here momentarily. As uh, it's not good. It's you know, I'm not in the habit of uh, sugarcoating things, nor am I in the habit of bringing uh, undue stress to you and yours on a Tuesday. Tony Valls is going to join us coming up. Spread the word, Thunderbird. What's the price? Thirty twice. But uh, Adam Sparks is going to be with us in the second hour talking about the fact that the NCAA's infractions case against Tennessee, this is a breaking story from Ross Dellinger. He broke the news today over at uh, Sports Illustrated. And the thing you understand about Ross, people that follow the industry, is that this guy is pretty hardwired uh, with the NCAA. This feller is uh, pretty hardwired with the NCAA, and he reports today that the NCAA's infractions case against Tennessee is headed to what's being called, what they term a contested hearing, which is what Tennessee was trying to avoid. This means that school officials, they've got a army of attorneys who will be there um, at this case, but this means that school officials, a.k.a. their army of attorneys, along with former head coach Jeremy Pruitt, former defensive coordinator Derek Ansley, are scheduled to appear before members of the Committee on Infractions later this month and what's become, in Ross Dellinger's terms, and he, again, this guy knows. He's calling a contentious fight between each of the three parties and the association. The three parties received a letter announcing the three-day hearing scheduled for April 19th through the 21st in Cincinnati, and he says multiple sources tell Sports Illustrated Here's the deal. Tennessee thought this was going to happen in July, if it was going to happen at all. Tennessee was hoping to avoid this. Tennessee was hoping that their um, negotiations with the NCAA would go to the point where you just don't want to go to court. And you certainly don't want to go to the NCAA's court. You know, Marcos Garza tells me. And it's said on here in the past. You know, you go into a court of law, you know, it, it is what it is. You, you want to all parties generally want to stay out of court, and you really want to stay out of the NCAA's court. Obviously, the case stems from stuff that went on under Pruitt, under then-athletics director Philip Fulmer. Uh, the school got a notice of allegations in July, and, you know, what seems like chump change now, $60,000 worth of impermissible benefits. Again, we're, we're in um, Colorado and we're prosecuting somebody for having some weed on the last few months that weed was illegal. But that's where Tennessee is. And if anybody's going to carry the burden, it's going to be the Vols. The question becomes, how serious is this? Is it serious? I get a sense of Tennessee they're a little worried here. Uh, my, my sense is they're a little worried about this thing. I would have thought, we thought, everybody thought, Oh, they're just going to recommend a couple scholarships, a couple more, eat a few more, stay out of this deal altogether. Did a little research here. I, I think the last time we saw a postseason ban from somebody was um, when Oklahoma State got hammered. That was back in 2020. That seems like almost uh, a different age. And that was Oklahoma State basketball. Brian Hartman, good morning. That's right. So, that's where we are you know, today. Never a dull I, moment. I have a question. Does Fulmer yes. still get a lifetime box 
I mean, I, I don't know what that's all about, and, but his victory lap needs to kind of end. Matt, would you agree with that? In light of this news, his victory lap needs to end? I mean, geez Louise here. Well, it, it needed to end a, a while ago, so I, I, I don't know why he's he's still taking one. Matt, they're not, internally, they're not happy about this, and they're not, uh, what's the word? Uh, they're not comforted by the fact that they have to go up there. Now, they have lawyered up, and I'll let Adam Sparks really get into this. They, they, are, they are highly lawyered up, Tennessee is. And they're confident in their attorneys, but they wanted to stay out of uh, NCAA court. So this is, this is not a piece of good news today. Not at all. Are you guys ready to talk to Tony Valls on the other side? Dixon, are you ready to talk to Tony Valls? Uh, absolutely. I'd much rather talk to, talk to Tony Valls than talk Tennessee and Pruitt and the NCAA. Tony has told me that he's got about 20. So what do we want to cover? Um, all, you know, all, all the, I, I think you look at all the positives from the weekend, um, just despite losing, losing the series, I think there's a lot more positives to take away the negatives and just what, what his thoughts on that were. And some of the, the emergence of some, some of the younger guys that might, might have kind of locked down some roles with this team. And then obviously the, the, the starting pitching issues that, you know, they've not been bad, but they've, they've not been dominant like we all kind of expected them to be. So, Matt, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you drive the train on this since you are uh, over the TLD Logistics Short Porch. You cover the team. You immerse yourself in it. I'm going to get out of the way here, and I'm going to let you drive the train with the uh, Tony Valls interview. And um, and then I'll add a thing or two. Brian will add a thing or two. How's that sound like for a plan? Uh, that'd, that'd be fine. All right. Ho well, ho hopefully I can handle it. Well, I think you can handle it. That's why we're doing this. And by the way, I don't know how Tony Valls keeps from snapping when a damn pop-up hits the ground for a double bouncing off the pitcher's mound. I would run out there and read those clowns a riot act, okay? Every one of them. They would, get down, they would give me 50 push-ups on the ground, old school style. We're in the age of the player coach, and you got to be a player coach. And okay, take a brief time out, Tony Valls. After this, Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad Bobby Parks and my great granddad Julian Mays in 1958. We've been family owned the whole time, and being family owned, locally owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour.
Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Benjamin Sanders with the Columbia Kiwanis Club. Kiwanis is hosting its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser at the Murray County Gun Club on Saturday, April 15th. Columbia Kiwanis supports the Imagination Library in Murray County for children's literacy. Shooters of any age and skill are welcome to shoot, either as a team or an individual. Scholarships are available for youth to participate. Find us on Facebook, check out our website, or call Suzanne Ganser at 615-939-1928. We hope you join us for this great event. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Tony, be back with you, 865-200-5402. Ladies and gentlemen, hit the music. The great Tony Valls is here. Say it, know it, and write it down. We have a lot to talk about here. Tennessee coming off their series with uh, LSU. And let's, without further ado, bring in... TGMD, Brian Hartman, and the great Tony Vitello, as it's a Tuesday, Tuesdays with Tony, our uh, new segment that we're announcing this week. Tony doesn't know these, actually, he's on the TLD Logistics Hotline. We kid because we care. Tony, we'll start here, and then I'm going to turn it over to Matt here, but um, who hosts TLD Logistics Short Porch. Tony, um a lot of good stuff happened at LSU. Not not losing two out of three, but there was a lot of good stuff for your guys. Yeah, no no question. I mean, progress is what you want. Um, now we've reached the halfway point of the year, so the terminology that's kind of been used to this point of you know having time and working through things is starting to fade away. But you do want to peak at the end of the year, and the best way to do that is to accumulate some things that are a positive each weekend and and there were a lot of those this weekend matt yeah yeah coach um just you, kind of your overall thoughts on on how how the team handled you know the the environment the, you know a lot of hype going into this game um hostile atmosphere it, it, it seemed like your team was kind, kind of ready to play and di- didn't get overwhelmed or swallowed by the moment which i guess w- was was good to see no i mean we took their best punch it's the We've gone three places, and they've all had record crowds. Grand Canyon and LSU had their all-time record crowds at those two places. And then I don't know what they told those people at Missouri, uh, but i got to believe uh, that'll stand as a regular season uh, record crowd for them this year unless something crazy happens. Uh, and it's no coincidence. So, you know, we got the storyline of having beaten LSU a handful of times in a row. All those guys are older that experience that. Um, a lot of recruiting battles this past summer. There was a lot that went into it, and, and frankly, I think we got their best punch on Thursday, and we withstood it. Um, that's a good thing. The one thing that's not is you kind of shoot yourself in the foot defensively a little bit when you could have made it a bullpen battle. And if we can match up with anybody in, in one category, it's, it's a bullpen battle with how we have things sorted right now. So um, not satisfied to go win one game, but, yeah, the guys are ready to play. And the fact they didn't get too dejected and, and stuck with the thing and, and had their best day at the finish line uh, is certainly another positive. 
what what do we make of of some of the I don't know if they're communication issues like you know the the pop up that that lands in between you know you know four guys like what what what's going through your mind when something like that happens? Well, initially, now that you know the the environment around our program has changed a little bit, it's altered my mind, and I got to fight that sometimes. Some of it's healthy, some of it's not, but your immediate thought is that's embarrassing and. What are all the people saying on TV and what do our fans think? But you, you, as much as I respect all those people, you, you can't think like that. Um, you got to assess the deal and make adjustments. And for that play, when it's, when we do fly ball communication, which is almost every practice, right above the mound is the toughest one. Uh, because you got the hill, you got the pitcher kind of in the way and he could catch it, but he's supposed to get out of the way if a fielder calls it. Um, that was really the only play. I mean, Simo uh, obviously didn't snag one that was hit a mile high, but neither did Dugas, who's an All-American second baseman for them. As a matter of fact, his, his might have even looked a little worse. So to me, that's kind of a wash. But that one that was hit so high, Zane called it early, which we want, but then there was no communication during the flight of the ball and the, you know the, at the peak and coming down. And part of it was also they couldn't hear each other. So they're going to have to talk louder, and they're also going to have to know whose ball that is ultimately in that situation. So, whose ball was it, Tony? Like, when you guys watch film and you go over that, who, who, is that the shortstop's play? Because Evan Russell's opinion yesterday, one of the things you said about Evan was, if he's going to be honest with us, he's going to be very good, and he's very, very, very good on on our Monday uh, TLD Logistics Extra Innings. So, the question for you is, um, whose ball was that? And Evan says that's the shortstop's got to get that ball, in his mind. Yeah, it's Maui or Simo. And Maui's closest to Zane, so he hears the original ball call. And, um, heck, everyone's got to run a decent amount of time uh, to get to that spot. And, and so if a guy is saying he's got it, maybe you don't mess with him. Uh, but but ultimately, I think it, it comes down to we've practiced that a ton, and I'm not trying to, you know, justify my job or anything. Uh, what it comes down to in that situation is attitude. And if you uh, rewind and watch the game Thursday – Simo caught a couple balls that maybe he shouldn't have caught right. or maybe that they weren't his, but it was it was up in the air and guys can't hear each other and he kind of had that determination that I don't know who's going to catch it but or I don't know if the thing's you know going to drop or not, but I'm going to be the guy to stand in the way and make sure it gets caught. And uh, I think it starts with that attitude more than anything at this point in the year. Evan said, look, I'm not going to be that guy, he said, but on last year's team, he said, and this is probably a product of four guys learning to play with each other and four guys that are wanting to be respectful of each other he said the four guys in the infield last year would have crushed each other to get the ball when they saw it was going to fall he said you would have seen guys collide he said and if you go back and look at what happened on that particular play there's a lot of space there between them which means there's a lot of guys being deferential and, and he said, in his mind now, he said that's probably not the best sign. He said those guys need to kind of, kind of be more of we're not letting the ball fall, sort of going into business for themselves. Do you do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, that's fair. I think there's uh, some youth on the right side of the infield uh, that that certainly uh, was not the case last year. I mean, you had the oldest first baseman in the league. And then a third year guy who's played a ton of baseball at, at our place. And then of course you got the two portal guys on the left side that, 
that need to be a little bit more outspoken. And I think Zane has made a conscious effort to try and do that um, and improve in a lot of areas. So that's why he called the ball so early. But uh, I'll tell you what, that that team didn't play at Alex Box or, you know, in Fayetteville or when we were in Starkville, we kind of bum-rushed them so much that crowd never even got going. That team made plenty of mistakes that were similar. And I, I agree with the mentality piece that Evan's talking about, but the physical act of the play or maybe another play we could look back at last year and find a mistake that those guys made, it was easier for them to make up for that and make it go unnoticed because there was so much offensive firepower. Tony Vitello on the TLD Logistics Hotline, tldlogistics.com. Go ahead, Matt. It, you know, speaking of that, is is that kind of what, what's going on with, with the, the starting pitching? And, you know, they, they haven't really been bad, but – Maybe they, they haven't been kind of the dominant um, staff that a lot of people expected. Is, is, is there any, like, common theme, um, you know, that's been among all, all three of those guys that, as to why they've, they've had a little bit of struggles this year? No, I, w- I would say maybe trying to be a little too perfect at times, but I don't think it's been that often. I just think it's been on occasion uh, because you got the noise coming from the outside that, we're supposed to be burying teams or we're supposed to be the top team in the country already. Um, and, and then also you got maybe a lack of production and early in the year, the defense wasn't what it needed to be. Um, but that's all kind of gone away. I think if you're going to go the whole body of work for the year, it's three separate cases because it's three different dudes. And I see Drew Beam as the same guy he was last year. He's Mr. Consistency, great presence, uh, righties, lefties, he handles them equally. Um, Chase Burns is a deal where he's even more dynamic and explosive than he was last year. Um, um, the 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 Again, he's, he's kind of got a little bit more swagger to him. The stuff has ticked up a little bit, and he's got a level of consistency. And then Dolander's, you know, been asked to shoulder the load of starting every weekend off for us as the first guy. And, oh, by the way, he's supposed to be the first pick of the draft, which I don't know who came up with that. Um, and on top of it, again, he's doing it with, um, you know, a defense that's had to find its way. I think we're getting close to being uh, the type of defensive team we had last year. Um, but I think no matter how you shake and stir it or, or move guys around the lineup, it's not going to be as explosive of an offense as it was last year, which, again, buys you more room for air, makes you pitch more confident, makes the other hitters you know, think, man, we're down 5-6. Um, it, it changes the game. Tony Vitello joining. Um, Coach, about the pitching, it, it, it looks like that, these guys are giving in on counts. This is constantly happening now, right, in league play. 1-2 count, 0-2 count, and and having trouble with location or command, if you will, not commanding uh, the ball to go where it wants to go. Is it that simple? And, and then the fear of the base on balls, uh, it looks like they're just throwing too many balls that are hittable, Tony. Yeah, um... I mean, I, I think when you're going through that lineup, guys can make balls look hittable. But, um, you know, I would kind of argue in favor of the stuff is really good. So 
you know, it makes it a little more tough to command it. And I don't know where we stack up in the NCAA. You guys can look it up, but I got to believe we're in the top five in the country in walks per nine innings allowed, which is a category where the most successful teams are at. Um, if, if, you know, you're going to get beat, you want it to be with the other team swinging the bat. And if we play catch behind our pitchers and they're playing catch with the catcher, um, that's a formula that's won everywhere, not just here. I noticed that uh, your lineup sort of it's, it's unusual. I guess maybe 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 it isn't, but to see the infielders all at the top of the lineup and then you have the outfielders sort of toward the bottom is that a, is that by design or are you still trying to figure things out? And I think how important is it to get a set lineup where you know day to day in each game what one through nine is going to be? It seems like you had that last year and the year before that. Yeah, we would alternate two and six a little bit last year. Um, no, I think it provides a sense of comfort when the guys know what's expected of them and, you know, what's going to be going on at the park. But it's also per each team. I mean, it could end up being, you know, as we march on forward through the season, something that's favorable to this group that they all know they have a chance to play. We use more guys than we have the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a blank slate when they show up to the park and, they should be excited about the opportunity about where they can be. And, you know, I mentioned with John Wilkerson that Sunday and Saturday, or I'm sorry, game two and game three, we had some guys mixed, mixed around a little bit. And, uh, the guys who moved up in the order didn't freak out. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in this spot. So I got to be different. And the guys who got moved down relaxed, which is what we wanted. Um, so again, I think it can be no matter what the circumstances are, it can be favorable if you spin it the right way. And ultimately, that is up to the kids, um, you know, in the locker room and then as individuals as well. How about Kyle Booker? And then, you know, the, yeah. The, yeah, the infield outfield thing, I mean, it's just kind of the way it works. I mean, you know, you the way guys get lost in the draft and, um, you know, where, where your strengths are that particular year. So it's just kind of the way it works. How about and, Kyle, um, Kyle Booker, Tay? You give him a start? Did you expect that out of him, Saturday, for him to play that to play that way, as engaged as he was, not only in the field, but that's as I think that's as good as he's looked at the plate, maybe since he's been there. I think having to sit and watch is is awfully frustrating, and uh, it, it allowed him a chance to reset and, and come out. And that wasn't the ultimate plan. I mean, he's gotten a lot of opportunities, and he hasn't performed the way he's capable of. Uh, when he controls his emotions and plays with an edge, um, you know, as he probably did, like, it's about time you put me in the lineup, dude, or I'm going to take advantage of this. I've been sitting here dying to play. He knows a lot of the LSU guys. Mm. His parents are there all weekend. Uh, whatever it was, he needs to bottle it up because, Tone, we'll do some stuff in, in BP. And I've, I've thrown BP for it's 20 years now. I even threw BP when I was a player. We do some drills where we don't have anybody on this year's team or last year's team that can do some of the things he does. Um, I'm not telling you he's the best hitter out of the last two years, but he's pretty dang gifted. And uh, he needs to just go out and play from here on out because there won't be many days he's on the bench if he plays like he did, um, you know, approach-wise on Saturday. He obviously had good results, too. So did he earn uh, more time for the Florida series? Yeah, he did. He did. Um and then, too, you know, with these pitchers, with these arms, uh, we've learned we, we want to get off to a good start. Uh, yeah, our bullpen's great, uh, but we need to be 
Drew Beam, Burnsy, whoever, coming out of the game, somewhere in the middle of the game, and it needs to be close. Um, so we, we're going to match up with the, who the opposing starting pitcher is as best as we can. So that'll play into it a little bit, too. Uh, well, this is a good weekend for, for Camden Sewell, given his history versus Florida. But on, on, on the Gators, you know, what, what just kind of your early thoughts? You know, obviously a lot of star power, um, some, some power arms, power bats. What, just some early, uh, thoughts on, on the, this team coming in this weekend? A lot of home runs. Uh, and, mm. you know, I, I don't know what environment they've been playing in, wind blowing out, whatever, but, um, those, those guys are talented. I mean, they got a two-way guy that's as good as anybody in the country at that, a shortstop that's, I think, you know, close to 15 home runs or maybe more uh, in Rivera. So it's a lot of power, as you mentioned, in the lineup. Uh, But for us, you want to focus on game one. Starters haven't been announced, but I assume it'll be Dolander versus Sprout. And uh, Sprout is a guy who came back to school, even though he could have went out in the draft, and he did it for a reason. He's betting on himself. And – He's a guy that pitches with a little edge to him, and when it's on, it's it's like get drafted this June, or I'm sorry, July, and go straight to the big leagues type of stuff. How electric do you think it'll be in there, Tone, Thursday? You know, I, I really love the crowd against A&M. It just felt like everything that went into our first two weekends, it, it was so comforting to be at home, and the crowd helped us get back to 500 in the league, but it wasn't the Lindsey Nelson where it's like, gee, this is like a rock concert. Yeah. And I, I think that's coming this weekend. And, you know, it's going to be, it won't be the sunniest. It won't be the warmest, but it's going to be good enough weather. It's going to be two late night games uh, where folks can take their time getting in there, tailgate, whatever it might be. And then Saturday, you know, likely will be a, a back and forth battle to end the thing in nice weather. So I, I think it's going to be as electric as it's been in that, in that stadium. You know, T, you talked about something earlier. I, I wanted to just hit this because I'm watching you the other day. Like, you know, when guys, the the the, uh, the base running stuff, the getting picked off at first where there's nowhere to go, you got that kid down there catching. You're not running on that kid. And you got a guy getting picked. And then a two-run homer should have happened. And, uh, and they show, you know, they do the cutaways, and they're showing you in the dugout. And I'm sitting there going, how does this guy keep from exploding on these players, and but you don't. Let me ask you something. How hard is it for you in the moment? Because I know you. How hard is it for yeah. you to hold yourself and check yourself? And is that a skill you've learned? Because it seems to me that if I were in that spot, I would be jumping in guys' faces. I would have called timeout when that ball hit the, fit, hit the field between the four guys and screamed at them. But you yeah. somehow have figured out what do you, what is your technique? Do you breathe? What are you doing? What are you saying to yourself to keep yourself from exploding on your kids? Yeah, no, I got a couple things where I'll I'll reset, but um, it takes practice, and I, I don't have demeanor down perfectly. I mean, my decor is pretty rough. You can ask umpires that. Well, yeah, you've got know, you're man. the Bill, you're the Billy Martin of like <laughs> modern day ball. I mean, you get thrown out, but. But we love it. That's endearing. But you don't do it to your team, though, Tony. You don't do it to your team. That's my point. Right. Yeah. Well, not after this weekend. And if you notice, there was no suspension. And I'm friends with that guy. Um, but if, if you watch that YouTube, uh, that that's pretty interesting that there's no suspension involved. I don't think that would have been the case if the balls were, were on that field in Fayetteville last weekend. But anyhow, 
Tone, those guys are my teammates, man. And uh, that's how I see it. And there's nothing I dislike more than when the quarterback throws an interception, but the wide receiver broke the wrong way. So he's got to let everybody on TV and in the stands know it was that guy's fault. And he does it with his body language and gestures and all that stuff. It's, that doesn't have any value other than maybe you're trying to save your own, your own hide, you know. And, uh, yeah, a kid makes a mistake because he's young or, you, you know, doesn't understand what we're trying to do on the bases. But we're also the ones that are in charge of the kids. So it's a group effort. And uh, I think having that concept in our locker room and our dugout has served us quite well. And there's moments where guys say certain things. I mean, we did hit a homer, and one of our players snapped, you know, damn it or, or whatever, sorry for the language. But, man, it should have been two. And I said, dude, that's not how it works. He might have thrown a different pitch if there was a guy on base. And, you know, we always use family guy as a, as a reference. There's no such thing as time travel. But if there was in family guy, you know, Stewie goes back in time and changes one thing. It changes the whole you know, it altered all of what happens after that. So, you know, just because we had a homer doesn't mean it would have been a two-run homer if we don't get picked off. And when we do get picked off, I understand we're trying to do a fake break for a certain reason, and their dirt is very unique at LSU, and our guy didn't take that into account, even though we brought it up, and his feet come out. Um, so, yeah, it's wild stuff's going to happen, man. And the fun part about baseball is you can pick apart almost every pitch of a game. Even if the ball wasn't put in play, you could say, well, he went 1-0, and now the hitter's in an advantage count. If that would have been called a strike, or if he would have thrown a strike, yeah. or if he would have thrown a fastball instead of a slider, and that's what makes the game fun. And ultimately, when you win, like Evan Russell's team did, it's real easy to say, man, great, blah, blah, blah. And when you don't, or it's closer than you wanted to, then it's easier to kind of nitpick every single little thing. Well, and on the way out, I was asking Evan about that, and he said, Tony just doesn't do it. Like I'm like, how does he keep from exploding? He goes, they just, they just, they just don't. He said, just like at third base earlier in the year uh, when you had Burke run into that out at third base, and yeah. Elander over there is not, you know, and a lot of teams. And if you watch other clubs, you'll see coaches out there dressing guys down in the moment, and and that's just that's just not how you guys roll. And I think fans sometimes want to see that, Tony. They want to see you get angry, and, you know, it makes a fan feel better. It's a cathartic thing, right? And Frank. Yeah. And, well, I mean, and, and Frank will snap on umpires, but he never. I was watching Frank the other day when that ball fell, and he didn't go out there and scream at those infielders. He talked to the pitcher. And you know he's wanting to scream at those infielders, USOBs. He's got to get five outs yeah. now. You know he's thinking that. Yeah, there was some stuff under the breath on the way out to visit, but it's our job as coaches are – to coach them up beforehand so they know what to do. And then there's no way – it could be Luke Lipsius. It could be a bunch of 23-year-olds. There's no way they're going to do it all to a T of what you want. So then it's up to you after that to make adjustments. But the whole complaining at each other or pointing fingers in the middle of the action I don't think has a lot of value other than what you're saying. is like people would like to at least see that you care. And, you know – our way of showing that we care is, you know, we had a good crowd at LSU, not as big as some of the ones last year. All of our kids said hi to those fans, signed autographs, and then we get back. All of our guys, I promise you, are putting in as much time as any team in the league as it relates to work. And uh, that, that's how we address that stuff. And, again, I already mentioned a kid that would be in the lineup more 
if he could control his emotions. And maybe Bernsey's got to kind of channel that energy in the right direction a little better, too. So to add fuel on that fire, I mean, pop-up drops, and it's one of the best hitters in the, in the country, you know, no one's more frustrated than, than the guys whose butts are on the line, you know. But um, I think the best way to do what we do is to be good teammates, and we, we got to coach them up. Thanks, T. Hey, have a great one, man. Yeah, you too. Appreciate you all. Appreciate you, buddy. Do what now? Do what? I'm glad I'm glad I'm off the hot seat. Oh no, we're still gonna rip you, Tom. We're just gonna do it behind your back. That's the way it should be. I appreciate you for that. See you, buddy, thank you. <laughs> he goes, that's the way it should be. <laughs> he's glad he's off the hot seat, Matt. Hey Vitalo, nobody said you're off the hot seat. We we'll determine that, big boy. You know, Matt, that is interesting though, it's how you know he wants to crush his team. You know he wants to crush them. You know, yeah, and he, yeah, he, he can hold his emotions in check a lot. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really fascinating, and to hear him go into it, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because they, they do, they, they never get on kids, you know, on the field. Maybe, maybe they do it in the dugout or, or you know, in meetings later. But you know, yeah, it's they, they don't kind of, they only snap on the umpires. So. And, and Elander, I'm not sure Josh Elander's ever showed any emotion during a game, which, None. which is a, a great skill and a really good balance when you have, you know, kind of hotheads like, like Tony and Frank Anderson are. Hey, Matt, if I'm over there on first base, and like Evan said yesterday, Evan was so good yesterday, and a guy almost gets picked off the pitch before. The pitch before. Now, the kid catching for LSU, if you haven't seen him throw the ball, looks like a cannon coming out of a cannon. Where are you going? What are you, Lou freaking Brock? Or are you Ricky Henderson, man? You're going nowhere. So shorten up your lead. Quit acting silly. And for for goodness sakes, don't get caught leaning. And he went right out there on the next pitch. And I'm telling you. I just know how I am. I'm a bad person, okay? Matt, I would have freaked in the dugout. I'd have gone, what are you doing? What are you? And then after the home run was hit, I would have turned to him and said, dude, it's supposed to be 2 nothing right now or whatever the score was. We, we're supposed to have two runs there, you clown. But Tony said no. He said, I, I told my player. No, so, you don't know that. I can, I can see where they might raz a player about doing something like that mm-hmm. maybe maybe in more of a good nature fun way instead mm-hmm. of just you know really chewing them out to to use that maybe as motivation that to not get razzed film study or whatever right Brian? I, I, film could see, I could see that yeah well it's you have to find that interesting balance between you know letting guys play loose like tony and, the, and, and them do versus having them be very disciplined and kind of strict with you know, kind of the the Rick Barnes type, and you got to find that middle ground, and it varies from player to player and team from team, and maybe even during a game or, yeah. or, or a yeah. season, it you have to move around there, and there's a balance there that, that the great coaches find, and even very good coaches don't, and between you know just letting guys play loose and fun and relaxed versus having so much stuff in their head where they, they just get caught up and, and they don't perform. And, and, to, and to Tony's I, point, Matt, you know what? The people that are that are invested in this, that go, that listen, that are emotionally in this, if the stuff keeps happening all year and the same things keep happening, 
people are going to question their approach. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah, they will. Which is fair, right? Yeah, but I mean, you, you got know? a new you got a new team had eight new position players. That's You're right. Still kind of learning who all's there. That's right. And you know he mentioned it, and there's you know a track record with the last two national champions in the sport. You know, as as long as you kind of keep your head above water throughout your conference season and you peak at the right time, you can you can still you know go as far as anybody in the postseason. It's how the sport is now. My, my Sillies did it last year in the major leagues. They looked unwatchable. We went to a game when I dropped my son off at Penn last year, and we were laughing. We were laughing at the Phillies. I mean, there was about 5,000 people there, and we were just hee-haw laughing at them. You never now could have convinced me. you're laughing at them again. What am I doing, Brian? You're laughing at him again. Does that probably. make you feel better, Brian? You're you're back to that. Does that make you feel better? They got to get like once they get Bryce Harper back, they'll be fine. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. So we'll take some calls here. Coming up, Tennessee um, now has to go before the committee of infractions. Not good. Adam Sparks will join us to talk about that. In fact, why don't we go ahead and go back to our busy phones uh, today on a day where. Tony Vitello has met us. We've met him. I wanted to get that piece in there with him about how he how he maintains his. Uh, and I thought that was an interesting piece to dive into. And I'm glad he let us in on that, that he has a, a few techniques he uses. Because you know he wants his snap. I, I just know. I just know from being a Paisan that we, we kind of lose our minds. Shoot first, ask questions later. Speaking of which, did you guys see that story that happened at Farragut last night in Gold's Gym? Did y'all see that? I, uh, yeah, I actually saw that live. Oh, the, not, the chief of staff. Oh, God. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, yeah. guys, that's right up there with the guy falling out of the airplane. 30 years from now, people will talk about that that saw that. We, we don't have many shootouts in broad daylight in Knoxville with. I have a buddy that was in the West Side and saw like the. He said he saw a he, nationwide fugitive. Oh yeah, he saw every kind of federal agency car and unmarked vehicle heading to the scene, and they were like, "What in the world is going on?" Like it looked like Armageddon. And then the people that were on the scene said that the 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 officers, like they do, say, "Hey, show me your hands, show me your hands, show me your hands." And the guy reached for something. I guess he figured. You ain't taking me alive. Right at, right outside the Gold's Gym, Brian Hartman. Yeah. Is that where I, you I, work I, out, right Brian? Is that your gym? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. And Laura was I, right. I, oh, my God. Like 15 minutes oh. after that happened, and they had the whole oh, – I had God. to go around the other side to get in. I couldn't go in where I normally do because it was roped off or, or taped off. And they had a uh, audience, like, just standing at the front looking out. And I, I couldn't imagine. I'm like, is it safe? And they, wow. they told me what happened. Then later I read about it being a one of those federal things where you had a former Maryland lieutenant governor that was running from the, you know, was was on the loose since basically maybe last year. Yep. And that was really, I mean, that's, that's a huge <laughs> story. You know, you, nerdy guy. you know, the weird thing about that story, guys, <laughs> he, he didn't is, look dangerous at all. You know, he, I don't think he was much of a threat to society or anything. You, you know what's funny, Brian? Looking at him. I mean, because they did that thing, you know, kind of in broad daylight and. I mean, pardon the pun, but it seemed kind of like overkill, you know, the way they did it. Why didn't they wait for him to go back to his place and then just apprehend him? Why did that have to happen in the public like that? I'm not second-guessing, but that doesn't seem like the 
that doesn't seem like either the safest or the cleanest outcome to that in my mind. But anyway, it yeah, is very interesting because you, you didn't know what was going on. Well, you had a ton of like federal agents. You had everybody there. Like a, a, a buddy of mine said, you had to see this thing. He said, the people that saw this will never forget it. He said, you'll never forget, let alone the, the, uh, the uh, he said, just the cars that were just going west. Now, where is that located, Brian? Where is that gold shim located? Is that it's down on Lovell Road? The, yeah, it's at the very, it's on Kingston Pike, but it's, the, it's at the very end of Lovell Road, at where Lovell Road ends officially. And it's, there's a, uh, it's before you get to, it's, it's between, like, uh, it's right up down from Turkey Creek. You know, oh, okay, okay. Route. So it's on the other and side of Kingston Pike. Level road. Okay, yeah, it's it's on the other side. It's where a, a food line. Used That's to be, right. Okay, yeah. Because if you go up and over the hill there, there's like a marina. We played music at that marina a couple times. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Very good. So that's uh, wow. Anyway, eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Let's go back to our phones and get our next call in. That was crazy last night uh, here in Little Old East Tennessee. Uh, that's a nationwide story, by the way. Hello and welcome in to our next call. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, Say what? How you doing, Tony? Uh, I think you're you're banned pending an apology. So this better be your apology. So go ahead. We're all waiting. All right. I I apologize for my actions of yesterday. They were very much uncalled for, and um, that's not like me. So I just want to call and, and, and apologize. Matt, did you happen to hear Titans Bill's unfortunate conduct yesterday on here? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I, I did. All right, I want uh, to read you guys an email because I'm not afraid. Titans Bill, you've been reinstated. I want to read something um, to you and yours. This is a T-mail that came in on the form of a T-mail. Um, and it says the following, Bill, and I'd like your thoughts on this. Tony, you need to cut Titans Bill some slack. I'm pretty sure it was you that said Caitlin Clark looked like NBA Commissioner Adam Silver's godchild. Would the term hypocrite apply here? Now, Matt, did I say that last week on a show? Because I do get out over my skis sometimes. Or Brian, Brian, you're with me 24-7, unfortunately, for you. Do you, do you remember me saying that she uh, shared the uh, skin color of Adam Silver? Did I say that on here? I didn't think of it yesterday, but now I come to think of it. Yes, I think you did. Okay. Does that sound like hypocritical behavior that I would hammer Titans, Bill? I, I was talking about the hue of her skin and and just how kind of pacely white she is. Well, you weren't as loud about how you said it. As, as Titans Bill was, that's yeah, a good there, point. There could be some you, you, there could be some hypocrisy in that. But but I do want to say, did you guys see the numbers, Brian Hartman? That game peaked at 15 million viewers. You don't think and Brian Pat Summit you know, would be proud you know of why? that, do you? They put it on. They put it on 
ABC, yep. and they have been putting on ESPN like late at night. I think Sunday nights is usually when is usually when it would occur. But this year it was in the afternoon on ABC, so that that makes that makes a difference. Brian, what would that number have looked like if they'd have put that thing in prime time on Sunday night? Not what you on think. ESPN on on ABC. On yeah, it could. They could have, and and I, I don't. I didn't understand why they moved it to Sunday afternoon anyway. But I, it, it could have got even higher than that if if they'd been ABC on a prime time on Sunday night. I, I did wonder. I thought it was strange that they put it on Sunday afternoon because it usually had been their championship game had been at night. But I think they did that. I think they did that so they so ESPN wouldn't have to go against the Phillies and the the Rangers game. Oh, Sunday night baseball had started. Oh. That's what they did. They cleared out yeah. space for the sillies. And normally, well, thank, normally thank God. baseball normally thank opening God. day baseball doesn't <laughs> it had not been occurring until after the final four. You're a moron Matt. after the championship game. So Matt, do you agree there was a conflict in years past? Do you agree, Matt, that Caitlin Clark that the women's game has more stars in it than the men's game right now, Matt? We've we've somehow come to this and there's a blood feud. Oh, between Angel Reese and Caitlin oh, yeah. Clark, there's a blood feud between South Carolina and Caitlin Clark, and I hope that some some players will go and transfer to Iowa, and load up Caitlin's Clark Caitlin Clark's team next year, because she is that is going to be fun. I'm going to watch women's basketball because of her next year. Get you some of that, Brian. Yeah, you know, uh, someone, I, somebody on maybe it was Gene Henley or somebody Bill's going to buy a Tennessee. Stick. She ought to transfer to. She ought to transfer to Tennessee or something. Uh, dream, Tennessee. On, dream, dream on, dream on, dream on, dream until your dreams come down. Franchise coached Iowa's women's team for Taylor Clark. I cannot see that happening. I just cannot see that happening. Hey, hey Matt, Caitlin Clark could never play for Rick Barnes. She doesn't play any defense. She'd be on the bench. She could play for Fran McCaffrey if if he coached their women's team. Could could Kaylin Clark get him to the Sweet Sixteen? <laughs> Bill, what don't you see happening? Your call, Bill, has taken a twisty turn here. Um. Well, I'll t- I'll tell you something, Tony. What, what you don't are, you see happening? I want to figure out what you don't see happening. Uh, first of all, I don't see happening. The, the NCAA is going to go down. If, if the NCAA wants to go after the University of Tennessee, okay, if I were Daniel Boone White, if I were Randy Boyd, and if I were Dashing, Dashing Don Day, I knew that was coming. go ahead, make our day. Knock it off. Have a ready. Make our day. Make my day. Yeah. What battery and was I it hope, for, Bill? And I hope one of those attorneys is is Marcos Garza. I got to hey, ask uh, Marcos if he's involved in that. Good, Brian. Read me something. I want to read something in this article that you talked about here. Yep. I don't think you went over. Dellinger. It's important. Despite the level, this is his article. Despite the eighteen level one violations, one of the highest totals in recent years of what are considered the most egregious on the NCAA's infraction scale. The university was not hit with the dreaded lack of institutional control, largely because of its transparency and integrity in promptly handling the wrongdoing 
The document states, yep. the institution showed strong cooperation with the NCAA investigators, conducted a thorough internal investigation of its own, and took immediate steps in both dismissing the culprits and sanctioning itself. So that paragraph alone gives me a little bit of a uh, maybe an excuse not to worry quite as much. Well, the issue now is what additional punishments, remedies they call them, but what additional punishments are on the horizon? Because because Tennessee suggested punishments were rejected by the NCAA. Not good. They they did not want to get in the spot. And and I'm going to let uh, on the other side. We will um, allow Adam Sparks of the Knoxville News Sentinel, who will jump on with us, uh, as I requested, and we'll let him go through this but uh bill i'm just i'm blown away people thought last week john adams called me yesterday he said tony credit to you i said credit to me for what john he says um you know i thought you were doing like i I don't know what i thought you were doing when you start talking about the women's game because i know you don't like the women's game i said well it's not that i don't like it she said i've never really had a reason to watch it it's never been compelling to me. But I watched that Caitlin Clark uh, kid in the Sweet 16, and I thought, uh, this is a freak show. And then I watched it in the Elite Eight, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. And I saw what was going to happen in the Final Four. That thing yeah. Friday night, that felt like when I was a kid watching Larry Bird and Magic Johnson for the women's game. I mean, this gal is un. Believable. Now, Bill, you made unfortunate comments about her here and on another radio show yesterday. That's going to go nameless because you repeated what you said here, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Did you, Bill? Did you repeat it? Because, Bill, yes, if you repeat it, I'm going to have to blow you yes, up. I'm going to have to blow I, you yes, up. I, yes, I did, Tony. I will not deny it. I. And I and Bill, I you mean to tell me that you came on here yesterday? You made those comments, and then you went on something else a few hours later. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I told, I told him, you know, that that you're threatening on suspending me because of the comments I made about Caitlin Clark, and also that center for uh, that played for the University of Iowa. Now I forgot what you said about her. What'd you say about her? I said, buddy, she can make Betty Thomas look like she was in kindergarten. In case if you're not familiar Betty with Thomas. Betty, Tom- Betty Thomas, she starred in Hill Street Blues. And you want to talk about a woman that's built like an athlete. She has an athletic build on her, man. I'm referring to Betty Thomas, and that's who, who that center reminds me a bit of. You mean kind of husky? Yeah, kind of husky. But, no, you did an ethnic slur on her, on Italian people, yesterday. You said something about her starring in a, I forget what your line was, Bill, but it was not. It, it was, I mean, when I went upstairs, I'm not going to lie to you, and I, and I asked Laura, I said, did you hear what, Matt, did you hear Bill's unfortunate comment? Um regarding the the gal from because i think she's got an italian last name brian what's her name do you know who we're talking about here the italian gal or like what <laughs> brian, 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
for uh, Iowa. I I, I couldn't name any player but Caitlin Clark on that team. I apologize. Bill, what did you say about the Italian gal, Sanzano? Well, I I said that she would be the type of a girl that would probably probably be played, would be a great role as a... As a as a as a thug in a mafia movie. And you're out of here one more time and suspended for another guy. I mean, Jay's look. Does this guy learn, Matt? I mean, God. I mean, what in the world? <laughs> I, I mean. I mean, I mean. On your Tony Basilio show coming up momentarily, Adam Sparks will join. So we bring her back after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. a fun event to take the family to, Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today I am at Foodland in downtown Columbia, Tennessee. It is clean, bright, and stocked with everything you could possibly want from a grocery store. I am speaking with Miles Johnson, manager here. Miles, what's happening at Foodland this week? Well, this week we have some really good things going on, just like T-bone steaks, four ninety nine a pound, Boston butt pork roast, dollar seventy nine a pound, five pound bag of golden potatoes, three ninety nine each, green cabbage, forty nine cents a pound, and sun drop twelve packs, two for nine. Oh wow! And Miles, I'll tell you a tale. I stopped by here Saturday. You got the fellas in the back to cut me two inch and a half pork chops. We had them this weekend. They were absolutely delicious, and the price was quite reasonable. Your meat department is known far and wide. I'm glad to hear that. They do a great job. Miles, talk about your days now. We're open seven days a week, open from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. here at 427 West 7th Street, right next to the post office. Okay, folks, I am here at Foodland in Columbia, Tennessee, beautiful downtown Columbia, talking with Miles Johnson, manager. Miles, have a great mule day and a great week. Thank you. You too. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. I thank my friends at Fleet Tire because they sponsor us every day. It's absolutely outstanding as I welcome you back. My name is Tony Basilio. Proudly back with you on the one, the only, having a little fun with uh, Bill before we went to the break there. Adam Sparks is uh, set to join us. He obviously is working the phones as he's working the beat. So there you have it. Um, and Adam will, uh, he'll connect with us when he does. If you want to get in in the meantime, 865-200-5402, either with the uh, information that we have uh, right now, uh, in terms of what's going on with Tennessee and the NCA, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a really good thing, uh, in my humble opinion, in terms of what's going on there with the NCA. I just think that's, um, I'm not going to say it's troubling, but it's not good. Trouble with the NCA is when you get in their world, you never know what's going to happen. Plus, they've got a new director. 
a new head. The Charlie Baker guy. Yeah, and do they want to Massachusetts? And do they want to make an example out of the Vols? Because their opportunities to do this are dwindling. Because if you think about it, really, their job is about to become setting up postseason events, putting on postseason events. What else is there? And then negotiating TV deals. Now, these people fall forward better than anybody. And this thing with women's basketball, I mean, is it sustainable? I don't know. Probably not. But Caitlin Clark is about to make herself a lot of money. And she's about to make them a lot of money. Because they had 9.9 million viewers for the women's championship game. I think peaked at 15 million viewers. 9.9 million viewers is absurd. Let me let me let me put 9.9 million viewers in perspective for you. And Angel Reese thinks people tuned in to see her, and they did not. And and Kim Mulkey, walking around like a cross between Maud and Madonna, Maud Donna is what we ought to call her. Uh, she they didn't tune in to watch her. They tuned in to watch the the freak show from Iowa. She's a freak show. Her average three pointer is like 28 or 29 feet. I mean, it's crazy. And she's making no-look pass. I mean, she's nuts. She's insane. Let me put this in perspective in, in, in our world, okay? In our world. And if you'd have told me this or Matt Dixon this before the season or Brian Hartman this, I would have said, you are out of your cotton-picking mind, your ever-loving mind. You're out of your gourd. You are uh, on something. Okay, check this out. 9.9 million viewers, okay? That's more people than watch the Sugar Bowl. That's more people than watch Tennessee and Clemson play each other. That's more people than watch Cotton Bowl. That's more people than watch the Big 12 championship game, which, by the way... Over-the-air networks, by the way. And these are all on over-the-air networks. Thank you, Brian. These are all on over-the-air networks. These are more than watch the Pac-12... Uh, championship game, the ACC championship game. More people than watch the Notre Dame-USC game. More people than watch LSU-Alabama. I mean, you get the picture. Adam Sparks now joins. Adam, how we doing, brother? Great to talk to you. Yeah, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm coming on a little late. I've been uh, been buried in NCAA hearing background. So. Yeah, isn't, that, isn't that something? And you've been on the phones here, and, and we're blessed to have you. And, Adam, thank you for joining. Adam, the, the, the news that's come out today that Tennessee is going to be going um, before the NCAA on April the 19th through the 21st in Cincinnati, um, what do you make of this? Uh, what I make of it is Tennessee thought it could get a no- negotiated resolution. Now, now obviously, there's a, there's a Pruitt side to this and a and Tennessee side to this. Let's talk about the Tennessee side first. Uh, I think Tennessee was hopeful it could get a negotiated resolution, which meant it could, you know, I mean, what it sounds like, they could negotiate terms and come to some type of agreement. The fact that there's going to be a hearing means Tennessee is not going to get what it wants. Now we're just talking, now, now we just talk about to what degree is it going to be penalized beyond what it wanted. Um, 
you know, I think is a few. I mean, we don't know. We can speculate, but Tennessee has said from the beginning that it wants the penalties to be related to what the uh, the infractions were, which was recruiting. So, you know, Tennessee's case would be cut scholarships, cut recruiting visits, uh, cut those sort of things, which it already has done to some extent. The fact that this is not solved means, um, you know, that the, the the NCAA wants a little more flesh out of that. So maybe more scholarship cuts, maybe more cuts in recruiting visits, more things that would hurt, uh, you know, Josh Hopple's program now when recruiting is, is really, really good. Um, you know, the other thing that's always kind of hovering out there is a postseason ban. Now, from people I've talked to this morning uh, that said a few months ago that, hey, postseason ban just isn't going to happen. It's just not. People that I've talked to uh, this morning have been, their take has been, I still don't think it's going to happen, but, man, I'm scared that it could happen. <laughs> it's, now that this is going to a hearing, you know, you, you, your blood gets up a little bit more that maybe this is still on the table. Um, I just wonder with Tennessee, at some point it seems like it would be beneficial for them to settle if it's just a matter of a, a couple of different scholarships. You know, if Tennessee is saying we'll cut four more and the NCAA is saying cut ten more, well, can't y'all just meet in the middle and cut seven and be done with this? If it's if it's just a matter of numbers, you would have thought this could come to a negotiated resolution. The fact that it's going to a hearing tells me, you know, that, that it could be beyond the threshold of what Tennessee would be comfortable with, with, with scholarship and recruiting cuts, or that there's perhaps a bigger penalty out there. Such a mystery. The two pieces, right, to this. I'm of the belief, how do I put this? Tennessee made it look too easy turning the ship around. Would the NCAA be reacting differently? And I don't know if you've considered this. Would the NCAA be reacting differently, Adam, if the Vols were mired in a couple of five and six seasons in a row? They, they almost made it look too easy. They hired this coach, even uh, limiting their roster the way they did, which they thought was going to be sufficient, by the way, what they did. They thought Danny White and, and Tennessee, and you can, if I'm speaking out of school, tell me, but they thought that they had this thing licked. I, I think they're a little surprised to be in this spot right now. Um, but they made it look too easy, Adam. What do you think? I think that's, uh, I think that's a reasonable take. I mean, I, I don't know that the NCAA looks at it that specifically. Um, you know, I don't think they look at it and say we want we wanted to hammer them, and apparently we didn't because they're look they're almost a playoff team now. Um, so they didn't they didn't get what they were due. I don't think the NCAA, at least to this level, looks at it that way. I, I do think it maybe um, takes away part of Tennessee's argument. Because I think in this alternate universe where we're talking about, yeah, Tennessee going five and seven back to back years, during their arguments, they can, they can say, look, look how bad we've already suffered. Look at these scholarship cuts that we took in, in 2021 and how much we suffered from that. I, I think it maybe takes a, takes a bullet out of their arsenal because you can't really argue that because you could say, hey, look at, you, you know, one thing I think this is going to come down to, is that Tennessee was claiming, I think the number's 12, 12 scholarship cuts 
in that first year under Josh Hopple. Uh, well, you, you know, and I know, and everybody else knows that that was a, that was a COVID exempt year. So you, you had super seniors that year. So, you know, Tennessee could claim we only have 70 guys on scholarship and really they had 82 or something like that because super seniors did not count. So you could count scholarship cuts, but they weren't really full-fledged cuts. Uh, they didn't hurt you on the field that much. And and so Tennessee could go 7-6 and six and go to the Music City Bowl and and do it with what seemed to be scholarship cuts that would that would hurt you much more than that. It just takes part of their argument away. And with, if the NCAA looks at it and says, those, those aren't full-fledged cuts, and it, it, you know, Tennessee can't come back and say, well, yeah, look, we were terrible that year because they weren't. And so I, I think it just maybe softens their argument. Yeah, I think that's a part of this. Um, the other component here that's kind of interesting, and I was doing a little research. Maybe you can augment this because obviously you're, you're going to dig into this deal. It doesn't seem like when you start talking about postseason bans, Adam Sparks joins us, Knoxville New Sentinel. Um, who's now immersed in in a story that he probably doesn't want to be immersed in with um nor does Tennessee want to be immersed in this with uh the spring spring ball going on and then they're about to have their spring tour of the state which in, incidentally is going to Adam reminded me today is going to overlay right on top of one of their appearances which is going to make for a rather interesting uh, day for those that are on the dais uh, that time when they're appearing up in Indianapolis. But y- you were talking before about postseason. Oklahoma State, it seems like the last one that's gotten that, it was three years ago. People I talked to, Adam, say that the NCAs, you know, that's that's not what they're going to do now. But yet it's interesting that you heard what you heard because when I was poking around today before the show, I kind of got a little more worry from Tennessee side than had been there before. Did, did you encounter the same thing? You mean of just fear of the postseason ban? Just fear of the unknown. I mean, before it was a known, this wasn't going to happen. And you had spoken as if you're kind of getting the gist that I'm getting, which is yeah. we don't know what's on the table and what's off the table. We thought this was off the table, but, but anything's possible still. Yes, the unknown, the mystery of it is where the fear comes from. Because if you think of this in terms of like a like a criminal trial, uh, if you have a, a, a plea bargain, you, you know what it is. I mean, a judge has to uh, has to uh, you know check the box on it, has to approve it. But if you do a plea deal and say we did this, we'll accept this penalty, we agree on it, we'll move forward, you know what that sentence is. So there's no mystery in it. You just agree, and you take your medicine. You go about you go about your day. If if you put it in front of a jury, so to speak, and this is kind of what this is, in committee of infractions panel, then you don't know where that could go. Um, it's 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 out of your hands, and I think that's where some of the fear comes now. Because once you go to a hearing, once you go to Cincinnati, yes, you'll get an appeal, but. It's it, you know you just don't know where it could go and you don't know what the penalties could be. The committee on infractions they decide violations and then they decide penalties and they hand down that ruling and it's and you don't get a chance to come back up and say well you know this those those uh, those penalties we'd like to take them down twenty percent. Could we talk about that? I said no no no. 
you had your chance to negotiate this, that's over. There are no plea deals. What we hand over a ruling, that's what you're getting. And so I think that's some of the fear that I've heard out of Tennessee people. It's not that the postseason ban or something like that was off the table and is now on the table. It's just that the, 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 uh, the, it's out of their hands. And, and I think that's, that, that's where the natural concern would be. Can Tennessee, before they get there, can they still negotiate, or is it ironclad that they have to appear now? Can they still reach a resolution before they get there, or or are discussions now broken off between the two sides? That's a good question. I, I don't I don't know the answer to that. Um, yeah, if you if you took my, my criminal trial <laughs> analogy uh, to the furthest extent, you could say they could get a negotiated resolution any time up till that day. Um, I don't know that that's the case, though, because the, the, the hearing has been set. Um, I, I, I think they've, they've, they've come as far as they're going to go. Um, and, and I think, I think this is just going to happen. Not, not to mention, this is not a hearing. Like, I had heard that a hearing was going to be in April, but that it was going to be pushed back to like July. Um, it, 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 Apparently there were discussions of it being pushed back and, and it, and it hasn't been. It wasn't, it wasn't postponed. It wasn't delayed. Uh, it, it, it's scheduled now. And the fact that it's scheduled tells me that, um, the legal teams are now going to be working on what they're going to present at the hearing. Um, and this hearing is not going to be in June or July. It's going to be in what, two weeks. So the, the time to talking seems like it's probably over. I, I, I could be surprised and maybe something comes to this. And, uh, you know, maybe in a game of chicken, this is, uh, you know, this is a strategy and maybe Tennessee bends. I don't think Pruitt is going to change his mind. I think he's, he's eager to have, uh, have his hearing and, and try to make his case. But for Tennessee's side of it, it, it seems like we're close enough now to the hearing date that, um, any leverage that Tennessee would have is probably done. The NCAA may have more leverage now because Tennessee's faith in the hearing, maybe they'd be in a little bit where they would not have the past couple of months. In terms of procedure, does the NCAA at this hearing, do they talk to Pruitt and Ansley before they talk to Tennessee, thus try to get those guys to give them some more stuff they don't have? And I ask that I question against – go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I, well, not public, I should say. I don't think I get to sit at the table with them, but um, – I. I think this. Uh, I honestly don't know. Um, I have not. I have not covered NCAA hearings. So you know, I've covered NCAA cases, but not when it gets to the hearing level. Um, although I'm, I'm sure I'll be in Cincinnati for those for those three days, and that'll be that'll be fun to sit outside of a ballroom or wherever they have it. Um, but now I, I think everybody's in the room. Um, both will have legal counsel. Um, I know who Pruitt's attorney is. We know the. Uh, Bond and Schneck, the, the, that represents Tennessee, they'll be there. I'm sure Danny White will be there. Um, you know, uh, you know, each side's attorney will have chances to, to, to challenge parts of the other's, um, uh, response, um, because they both, they all turned in their responses to the NCAA charges. Um, and they'll get to, you know, I, I, I suspect we'll have those assistant coaches that took those um, took those show calls as will be available. Maybe Zoom, maybe not in person, but, uh, I suspect there'll be some questioning, questioning that they can, uh, that they could face in this. Because both sides have to make the case 
you know, Jeremy Pruitt has to make the case that this, whatever y'all think happened, this was below me. Tennessee has to make the case that this got all the way up to Jeremy Pruitt, but then stopped there and went no higher. Yeah, because they don't want to implicate. And I wonder if Pruitt, in an act of desperation, tries to implicate Fulmer in some of this, because Fulmer was pretty involved in the football deal, as we know. I don't think I don't think he would implicate Fulmer necessarily. Um, but he, yeah, he could he could implicate others. Um, I mean, we do know that he made the that threat through his attorney to to you know uncover to show uh, to unveil other things, reveal other things and that never did happen. That looked like there was a strategy to get some some of the buyout, and that didn't happen. Um, he played chicken there, and Tennessee didn't flinch. So you, maybe you could see some of that strategy in there. I'm going to implicate others. Um, you know, I mean, Tennessee, we can say, regardless of penalties, Tennessee is fighting that failure to monitor violation. That's the big one that's on them. Of the 18 violations, that's number 18. It, 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 it's not institutional control, but it's failure to monitor, which is still a serious violation. That's a level one violation. That's against the university. That's saying you guys should have been watching what was going on and picked up on this a long time ago. Tennessee has been fighting that, which is why this is going to a hearing because they wanted that dropped off the ledger, and and NCAA has not. I think even aside from penalties, that was the biggest fight. I think I think Jeremy Pruitt's best case, I guess, for him would be number one to show that uh, this was below him; it was done without his knowledge, and then secondly, maybe a second strategy is to show that. Um, you know, this is this has always been at Tennessee or has been at Tennessee for a lot longer than me, and you know th- that would that would put more of the blame on Tennessee. I don't know that it would help Jeremy Pruitt, but it would certainly harm Tennessee. And Pruitt at this point has been cast out. I mean, he's he's not employable. He's uh, you know he, he could pro coach like Derek Ansley is if he could find a gig, but he hasn't found a gig. I, I, I guess he's doing some some broadcasting stuff or some things like that but you know for the most part i mean even nick saban came out and said hey we're not we're not fooling with this guy uh until he gets this cleared up um and so from that standpoint you know you're dealing with kind of a guy that's a little desperate there that i think that's a little scary yeah i mean he he has options if he wants to use them just talking in terms of employment he's still coaching high school he'd be a very coveted high school coach he obviously started his career as a Successful high school coach, he can do. Uh, he can work in the NFL from an analyst perspective. He can work. He can work to some extent as an analyst in colleges. Show calls mostly prevents you from working maybe directly with players or in recruiting. You can be an analyst and do that. He will have options. Um, uh, he'll have options if he wants to explore them. I mean, coaches have always found ways around some of these things. I've, I covered a coach many, many years ago that had some NCAA um, issues and some uh, and some buyout issues, and that person went and worked on the side, in quotes, worked on the side for an NFL franchise and uh, got his full buyout from the college because he was not paid by the by the NFL team. But after his contract expired um, from the college that had fired him, he then got back pay from the NFL franchise for the time that he had worked, but he was not getting paid. That way, you 
get your cake and eat it too. I'm not saying Jeremy Pruitt would do something like that, but I'm saying college coaches have ways to supplement their income and work around different rules. Um, you know, so I, I, I suspect he'll 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 have options. He's a very coveted coach. He's a phenomenal defensive coach. Um, he would have value at any level of football if if he wants to exercise that. Adam, so this thing's going to happen. How long till we know something? Let's say they go through with the hearing. How long then in this process we have to wait? Yeah, I mean, I'll lean on Ross Dellinger a little bit with SI.com. He's been, he's been really good uh, over the years with NCAA stuff. Um, he reported six to eight weeks. Um, from what I've, I've heard um, uh, over at Tennessee, that I, I, I think they expect this to be done by the summer, which – you know, what the time of the hearing till June 1st, we're talking, what, close to six weeks? So I, I think that would be fair. I think Tennessee would expect to get a ruling, um, you know, by the end of May, by early June. Um, and if that happens, then, uh, you know, then they'll, they'll be, you know, they'll be done with their part of it, but then you can appeal. But again, Tennessee is not, I don't think, going to appeal unless they get a postseason ban. Or if they get hit hard on that failure to monitor, but the appeals process—I mean, it's—it's it's just a different panel of the of the NCAA. So it's just a different arm of the same thing. So it's—I I wouldn't expect a whole lot of success in the appeals process for any of the parties because the way that they do appeals, the NCAA just goes back, looks at all the facts, and I think there's some language on even the NCAA infraction side that. Um, if if any reasonable person could have come up with this, I think a reasonable person is the way they frame it. If a reasonable person could come up with this uh, ruling, then we're just going to sort of leave it alone. And so, to for an appeal to to win, um, for an appeal to be successful, then the NCAA has to say, yeah, that other panel within our association, they were unreasonable people. Uh, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think what comes down to the ruling is probably going to be what we're stuck with. Adam Sparks on your TLD Logistics hotline, online tldlogistics.com. Adam, on the way out, uh, if folks want to follow along, read your work, as you unearth details, as I know you will, how do they do so? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, uh, at Adam Sparks, uh, online, knoxnews.com, and obviously uh, the news that on print. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. All right. Good to be on. All right. The great Adam Sparks one more time <clears throat> on your TLD Logistics Hotline. Matt Dixon, um, you just never know, man, when you start fooling with these people. And Tennessee was hoping to stay out of their court. Yeah, which is, I think, probably the thing that gives me the most concern. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you were just kind of, you know, Far apart from, you know, whatever possible sanctions are, you know, maybe you concede some things, but it, to, to avoid all of this, uh, but obviously that's not where they are. And I just, you hope to avoid all this by being completely transparent and basically letting the NCA sit in on your investigation. Like that was in part to avoid having all of this come up later and you somehow are still going to be right in the middle of it, which, is never good. And then, you know, you guys talked about he got kind of a desperate coach who's, you know, I guess maybe he's got a good lawyer, but a guy who's not going to, you know, not going to outsmart anybody. And 
guy kind of has nothing to lose. So I'd, no, I mean you got a guy. You, think, the, uh, you got a guy who's not the brightest bulb on the tree, Matt. Who's all, also? Do you think more came out? Oh, I don't know what they found earlier. I don't know, Brian. I guess we'll find that out. I guess we'll find that. I mean, that could be the only reasonable explanation. It, they they did all this. They did all the right stuff. Yep. And they have to go before a hearing now in then, in a court. And then Pruitt brought some more stuff to that was kind of nuclear. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, and, and I don't mean to say implicate former, but I'm talking about, you know, implicate anybody at the university level. That's got to be Tennessee's fear, man. Just got to be their fear. Yeah, but but Tennessee got rid of everybody who was supposedly involved, you know, almost, almost immediately. But, um, you know, you meant, we mentioned the Oklahoma State basketball, if you, yep. you know, earlier in the show that they were kind of the last one with the postseason ban. Mm-hmm. I believe they fully cooperated with the NCAA during their investigation, too. And it wound up not, you know, benefiting them at all. And I think you know, that yeah, they think, always can pick and shoot, you know, the NCA, the selective enforcement. They yep. can do whatever they want. And yep. when you open yourself up to this, especially when you're going to some kind of public hearing, I guess it's not public, but some kind of hearing in court setting, you know, you really, you know, open yourself up to, to getting hit with some sanctions. Back in the olden days, and Carolina fans don't want to hear this, but Dean Smith and Roy Williams, and I did say Dean Smith, damn it, whose name's on the building, so put it in your pipe and smoke it. They ran a fake college inside the university for years and years for their basketball players, for their athletes, a fake school with fake grades, fake diplomas, fake, like fake, like P-H-A-K-E, fake. And you know who got hammered for it when the... uh, when the anvil fell, their women's basketball program. The NCA has selectively decided who gets to play and who gets to pay while others play. And that's a real shame. That's a real shame. If you think Mike Krzyzewski and Duke during the non-cheating years were clean, you are out of your freaking mind. Any more than Joe Paterno and Penn State, who were proven to be not exactly clean, you know, through the lens of time, as he had his statue torn down, like he was in uh, the square into Crete back in the day. Go ahead, Brian. If if they don't beat Alabama, <laughs> if they don't if they don't beat Bama, does does this even come up? And that I that, think is a great point. If Tennessee was still sitting there, what was me? Two five and seven years in a row, which is how the script was supposed to play out. By the way, if they were nine and three with a loss to Bam, no, not nine and three. Two five and seven years. No, I don't think now the Bama piece. No, I don't think this is Nick Saban saying get them. No, I think they made it look too easy. I think the NCAA looks at the Vols and says, you know, your punishment was good six months ago. You literally got the number one in America. It's no longer good. I really do think that's part of this. I don't think it's the Alabama piece, though. We come back. My Smokies, ladies and germs, my Smokies are back again on the other side after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797.
Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohi Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Benjamin Sanders with the Columbia Kiwanis Club. Kiwanis is hosting its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser at the Murray County Gun Club on Saturday, April 15th. Columbia Kiwanis supports the Imagination Library in Murray County for children's literacy. Shooters of any age and skill are welcome to shoot, either as a team or an individual. Scholarships are available for youth to participate. Find us on Facebook, check out our website, or call Suzanne Ganser at 615-939-1928. We hope you join us for this great event. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. 10,000 eggs. Hey, Matt Dixon, we, we got, we've got coaches over there that haven't laid 10,000 eggs. That's a lot of eggs, man. It is. That's 10,000 eggs. It's good. Let's get uh, my man Aris in here with my... Tennessee Smokies on the TLD Logistics Hotline, presented by our friends at TLDLogistics.com. The Smokies opened it up this weekend. Eris, it's been a while since we've talked, and uh, things are just kind of the same, because you're, you're like I am. You're a Philadelphia sports fan, and start our Phillies are off to is really majestic, isn't it? They're gonna, they're, they might be the first team to ever get booed at their World uh, Series ring ceremony, Eris. Yeah, and it's, you know, not the World Series ring ceremony that we wanted. You know, it's those uh, other ones. Yeah, the runner-up rings. But, hey, I'll take yeah. <laughs> I'll take runner-up rings after the history we've had. But the truth is they're probably going to be 0-6. Most likely. Yeah, I mean, they've just looked awful. There's no pitching at all. No, no pitching None. in sight. There will so. be no pitching. Throwing an opener today, a left-handed kid they like. I hope he... I mean, I hope he goes out like Bailey Falter and gives him a decent start. Last night was 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 hideous. But let's bring Harrison here, who's uh, he's not here to talk about the nor is he here to talk about the Sixers and their chances in the postseason. Harris, what out of ten chances do you give our Seventy Sixers of getting through the second round? Out of ten chances, Harris, zero. Well, that's zero. You know, if you're giving me ten chances, they're not going to do it. If there was a hundred chances, maybe, maybe three. That's optimistic. Eris, let's talk about our Smokies. You guys have a tremendous uh, schedule, and it begins as baseball has returned. We're opening up Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Race fans, race fans, race fans. Eris, uh, tell me about this week coming up and what we've got cooking. Yeah, we are back in action, very similar to the Phillies of yesteryear. You know, we were uh, in our championship series, didn't pull out the dub, unfortunately, uh, but we have a great-looking team on tap for the 2023 season. Uh, but I'll get into that in just a moment because, just as you said, our opening series is this weekend starting on Thursday. We've got games on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday right here in your backyard at Smoky Stadium off exit 407. And on Thursday, we're kicking it off opening night, presented by Bush's Beans, and we're going to have a magnet schedule to the first 1,500 fans through the gates. Perfect. 
Get that magnet schedule, throw it on the refrigerator, throw it on the back of your truck, wherever you think that you'll be able to catch that schedule in the corner of your eye so you can see all 69 opportunities to catch a Smokies game this season at home. Wow, 69 games. Yep, we have 69 games this season at home. Pretty nice. And, you know, we have our Friday game on the 7th, and then on Saturday we are turning it up a notch, you know. Uh, we don't have a game on Easter Sunday, but we're going to be celebrating Easter a day early at the ballpark with our Easter celebration. We're going to have the Easter Bunny on site to meet and greet with our fans, take some photo opportunities, and the whole game will be, you know, Easter-themed. We're going to have some Easter baskets that we're going to be giving away, so just come on by, and you have a free chance to win those with a ticket. And then at the conclusion of the game, we're going to invite all the little ones, 12 and under, down to the field. And we're going to have the largest Easter egg hunt in the southeast. We're going to have 10,000 eggs on the field for the kids to grab and get, you know, filled with goodies, filled with candy. And then a couple of those eggs are going to have some really cool things like gift cards as well as free tickets to the games and area attractions. It's going to be great. What a way to kick off the season this weekend with a little three-game set. And what is, like, the age limitation if you want to take part in the Easter egg hunt? How does that work? So, unfortunately, that's only for our, you know, littler fans, 12 and under. So um, if you wanted to get down there, you know, I, I think I can hide a couple eggs for you specifically, but uh, for you and I, I don't think we'll be able to get down there. Well, what, what comes to mind, Eris, is you see the videos of these geniuses. Mm-hmm. That will go and like muscle little kids out of, out of foul balls. Like when they go into the stands, and you can just picture oh, yeah. some boorish bully adult uh, Kentucky fan uh, shoving a kid out of the way to to get an Easter egg. I mean, you can just absolutely pick cheap shotting, stepping on a kid's heel, maybe walking up from behind them and kneeing them right behind their knees so that their leg folds out from under them to steal the last Easter egg, that sort of thing. So you have 10,000 eggs. How, where, where are the eggs hidden now? Well, currently the eggs are <laughs> being held in one of our little storage rooms here. Well, I wouldn't say little. It's a big storage room. And uh, after the game, we're going to go down onto the field, so it's a great opportunity to see 10,000 eggs. After the game. Uh, after the game. And then we'll let the kids free, you know, we'll give it a good old count of three, and then all the kids in attendance will rush the field for these 10,000 eggs. It's going to be quite a sight, to be honest. So, like, a bunch of the eggs are going to be laying, like, out on the field, all over the field, and then in, like, certain places, or just everything's going to be in plain view. I mean, you're going to let the kids, like, go into the dugout and rip the dugouts apart and oh, make, yeah, like, disco oh, demolition yeah. night? <laughs> Not to that extent, but there will be some that are a little more out of reach than the others, yes. Eris, tell me about your promotions. Matt Dixon's all fired up, folks, prepared for Joe Milton bobblehead night. And does it come with a bionic arm? And tell me about some of the other things that are coming up this year as we visit with Eris from my Smokies, who are back again. Yes, we have a great year of theme nights and giveaways lined up. This is going to be our best year ever. And with that, uh, you know, we have the classics from previous years. We're going to have our Margaritaville night. That's going to come up on May 27th. So we're going to have live music on site. We're going to have specialty drinks. We're going to have a beach hat giveaway on this day. So you can get 
All in the Mood of the Barry Jolly Island Band. That's a tribute uh, band for Jimmy Buffett. Parrot heads out there. Those guys are very good. That's a, that's a very oh, good yeah. band. Yep. Very good. Very good. And then we're going to also have our Elvis night back again. So that means a family of four is going to win an all exclusive vacation to Graceland. Boom! Where they can see the home of Elvis. They can see the behind the scenes tour. We give them a hotel stay for two nights. It's a fantastic day to come on out to the ballpark. That's on June 3rd. And speaking with the whole musical theme, you know, if you're not into Jimmy Buffett, you're not into Elvis, we're also going to have our Grateful Dead Night back at the ballpark. That's on July 8th. We're going to have a live band perform pregame and postgame. We're going to have a jersey auction that's benefiting our good friends or remote area medical on this oh, night. Wow, that's cool. It's really dope. And the thing that you mentioned before, the thing that everybody and their mother is going to want coming up in August, Circle the date right now. We're going to be giving away a Joe Milton bobblehead. And this isn't just any Joe Milton bobblehead. This is a Joe Milton bobblehead with a cannon arm. It is amazing. I've worked with Joe to really perfect on what it would look like, and this thing looks so great. All right, it's Joe Milton, the dreadlocks flowing in the breeze, and then, you know, the rifle that he has for an arm. So instead of a regular arm he has, it's a cannon arm. Goal! Now, every time you mention that Elvis thing, I always think back to when Anthony came home when he was working with you guys that summer a couple years ago, and he said, Dad, we lost Elvis. And you had to, like, call in another Elvis in, um, like, an emergency Elvis. Yeah. Yeah, I will say it's. It, we were on the third string, Elvis. So, uh, not going he said into that. all the details. He but. said. <laughs> he I mean, was laughing so up. hard. He said, "You guys were not." He said, "Eris was not amused. Chris was not." He said, "Everybody was not amused when they figured out that Elvis had left the building because the guy was there, right? And then he just disappeared, like real Elvis." Um, Real fake Elvis had disappeared, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We originally had someone. We, had, we originally had one that was lined up to go. All problems aside, and then at one in the morning on the day of, we got an email from this guy saying, "Hey, I can't come," and it was just like, "You've got to be kidding me." So then we had to find a backup one, and as you said, that guy went missing, and then we had to go to the third string Elvis. But we ended up creating memories that lasted a lifetime. There I you go. Say that my assistant, Lindsay, you know, she had a very interesting weekend because the day before our Elvis night, we had our Sandlot night, which was our biggest attendance game in the history of Smoky Stadium. And so she drove around, you know, five members of the Sandlot cast in her car. So it was it was quite a weekend at Smoky Stadium, so. Aries, if folks want information on all this and the above and all the wonderful times to be had with you guys this summer, how do they do so? Good times are going to be had by all at Smoky Stadium. This is going to be our best year ever. Our opening day is this Thursday. For tickets for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or any of our games this season, give us a call at 865-286-2300 or Visit us online at SmokiesBaseball.com to see our promotional schedule, our giveaway schedule, all the games that we have. We're going to have a blast this season, and we want you to join us. And, Eris, my 
mainstay adage remains, which is I've never had a bad time at a baseball game, ever. I've never, ever, ever come out there and thought to myself, man, I'm, I hate that I'm here. Uh, it's never happened. I mean, never. I've worked in minor league baseball for nine years, and I can say the same. Much love to you, my brother. Keep, keep, keep on keeping on. And uh, thank you, brother. Good talking to you. See you later, dude. All right. That's uh, Eris one more time. When news breaks out, we break in. And he appears on your TLD Logistics hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. On a day where Tony Vitello met the depressed here and appeared on the program earlier. On a day where uh, we visited as well with Adam Sparks, the news breaks on the NCAA in Tennessee here in a couple weeks. Going to have their day in NCAA court. On a day where we continue to track and watch what Tennessee basketball is going to do in the transfer portal thus far, Tennessee's involved with a rather underwhelming. If you go over to tclub.team, I've got a, uh, I've got a full report on that, though. They're involved with an underwhelming uh, list of guys thus far, Matt. No offense to them. Like Max A. Smith, Smith's is in the portal now from Oral Roberts. And uh, it sure would be nice to get involved with somebody like that, Matt. Well, uh, yeah, it would. But uh, that guy doesn't play defense to the level that Barnes would probably even recruit him. That's the point. Well, there's there's some, some low major second team all-conference guard who averaged you know nine points and shot 32% from three out there that we're, we're – we're, we're, probably all in on i mean if it sounds like we're down on it i mean i'm not trying to be down on it but the portal is a great when you have the resources we have it's a wonderful opportunity to go there and get better but in order to do that you have to let go a little bit pull the reins back a little bit on the concept of finding culture guys and culture fits and let me put it to you this way, and I'm not comparing the two sports at all, but the gal at LSU went and got nine new players. She was like, oh, my team's not any good. And I'm not comparing the two sports, but she took some headaches. I mean, those people are, you know, like she said, I got to coach all these different personalities, and, and you got to be willing to take some headaches. And Tennessee to this point, has had some underwhelming uh, activity out of the transfer portal. Brian, do you still have your EJ Anasiki jersey? I know he was a big favorite of yours. I uh, yeah, I thought a culture guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it doesn't have his name on the back, I'm sure somebody else will use that number eventually. It's just so I'm surprised he's not hanging in the rafters. And then the other Come thing on. I want to ask you guys today is. It is is this a rib, guys, from D1 Baseball? Are, are we ribbing people? Uh, Kentucky Baseball is currently ranked 10th. They're one spot, spot ahead of the Vols at 11. South Carolina is now at the number 6. Tennessee, five of the last seven SEC opponents for the Vols are currently ranked ahead of Tennessee. 
Georgia and Mississippi State are going to provide some relief for the Vols, but is that a rib, y'all, or is that serious? That's not serious, is it? No, teams have kind of overperformed to this point and have somewhat of a favorable league schedule to date, but no, that's, that's, that's where they are. Brian, are you buying that, or are you buying or selling Kentucky at that spot? I uh, definitely sell. I mean, what are we doing here? Just because you've beaten everybody doesn't mean i got to rank you there, does it? And what do we make of, Matt, what do you make of what UConn's yep. done? How do we fathom this, as hard as we've made March look? How do we fathom what they've done here in the last 20 years under three coaches? How do you rectify <laughs> that in your brain, Matt, when you consider what uh, they've done? I it, I don't know how you do it. The, the the only thing that's, I think, even close to comparable, and it's not even really that close, would be what LSU's done in football with, you know, they've won like four national titles or, or three, however many it was, you know, all in New Orleans. Like, whenever they peaked, it, whenever they had a peak year in football, they always capitalized. Um, that's the only thing that comes close. But, I mean, nine sweet 16s and they've had five national champions. I mean, that's just insane that they've missed just as many, almost as many tournaments as they made sweet 16s. And they have five national titles in 25 years. And obviously, it's a really they stupid, have, yeah. They have to be considered a blue blood. I, I think well, of they're course. the blue blood of the 21st century. Brian. And they've got more they, national they titles. They a conference that they didn't belong in. Yeah. And they come back, and in three years, they win, they win it all again in like their second or third year in the Big East. In a conference that does not well, get on ESPN hardly ever. And Ralph Russo made a great point. I wish Temple would do the same. Quit trying to compete in football, Temple basketball, and just be a basketball school. You've, you've made fools of yourselves, and you've ruined your basketball program in the process. And nobody's ever going to care about your football program. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram thanks St. Jude Children's Hospital for their admirable work. We are committing to their cause of providing quality care to families in need at no cost to them by donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to partner with St. Jude for the fourth consecutive year. If you are currently in the market for a new vehicle, visit the team in-store or shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net to help families protect what matters most. You can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hi, Jimmy Elliott for Columbia Ace Hardware. I want to invite you to the grand opening of our garden center, Saturday, April 29th. Come check out our great selection of fruit trees, hanging baskets, ferns, and garden plants. We'll have those things you need to get your garden growing. There'll be lots of activity that day, grilling demos from our Big Green Egg and Traeger experts, free giveaways with your garden center purchase, and Breeze Homemade Ice Cream will be there to take care of your sweet tooth. The doors open at 8 a.m., 112 East James Campbell. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today I am at Foodland in downtown Columbia, Tennessee. It is clean, bright, and stocked with everything you could possibly want from a grocery store. I am speaking with Miles Johnson, manager here. Miles, what's happening at Foodland this week? Well, this week we have some really good things going on, just like T-bone steaks, four ninety-nine a pound, Boston butt pork roast, dollar seventy-nine a pound, five-pound bag of golden potatoes, three ninety-nine each, green cabbage, forty-nine cents a pound, and sun-dried twelve packs, two for nine. Oh wow! And Miles, I'll tell you a tale. I stopped by here Saturday. 
Saturday. Got the fellas in the back to cut me two inch and a half pork chops. We had them this weekend. They were absolutely delicious, and the price was quite reasonable. Your meat department is known far and wide. I'm glad to hear that. They do a great job. Miles, talk about your days now. We're open seven days a week, open from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. here at 427 West 7th Street, right next to the post office. Okay, folks, I am here at Foodland in Columbia, Tennessee, beautiful downtown Columbia, talking with Miles Johnson, manager. Miles, have a great mule day and a great week. Thank you. You too. Why are interscholastic sports called the last classroom of the day? Because they teach students important life lessons like teamwork, accountability, and perseverance. School sports are so much more than a game. They're about developing the whole person. That's why they're an essential part of every student's education. Encourage your student to participate in the last classroom of the day. Interscholastic sports in Tennessee. This message presented by the TSSAA and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. 